Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of This Is Getting Graphic, the show where two friends celebrate the wildest and wackiest of comic books and graphic novels. I'm Andrew Kilpatrick, and I'm one of your hosts. And I am your second host, Phil Oberholzer. Welcome to the show again, Phil. It's always nice to do this one with you. Oh, I couldn't agree more, man. It's always nice sitting down and trying to predict what trauma you are bringing to me this week. (laughs) Well, uh, hopefully it won't be a traumatic experience uh, for us this week, because this week we're talking about a true icon, like we didn't talk about true icons the last couple times, but whatever. We're covering the superhero icon? No, but it would be very appropriate, as um, as of when we're recording this, uh, it was the death anniversary of um, Dwayne McDuffie, who was um, the creator of Icon, and um, basically one of the uh, driving forces behind the original DCAU. Like, a lot of what the Justice League animated show was, we owe to Dwayne McDuffie, so... Aww, um, I, l- I mentioned in a previous episode that it's like a staple of my childhood, so rest in peace, buddy. Thank you for that. I know. Oh, he was incredible. Dwayne McDuffie really was. So, yeah, um, th- yeah. As of when we're recording that, it's uh, it's his. It was his death anniversary. He died very young too. Like he was only in his like fifties, I believe. So, oh, um, that sucks. Yeah, I can't remember what it was that he uh, he died of, but there were a lot of um, you know tributes from fellow creators, fellow people from wor- who worked at DC, people like Gail Good. Simone and uh, Kurt Busiek and people like that. So. Yeah, um, yeah, so that, that was, that was a little bit on, on the brain as I, you know, started thinking about it. But speaking of the DCAU, you, yes. you mentioned in the past that you have, uh, you've enjoyed the DCAU, so, uh... I do, I do very much. Cool, cool. So, do you like Kevin Conroy? I adore Kevin Conroy. I think Kevin Conroy is the best, uh, animated Batman. Not to say that... Almost everyone who's done Batman hasn't done a kick-ass job, but mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy's yeah. the man, man. I I would say if we could get Michael Keaton to do a live-action Batman with Kevin Conroy dubbing his voice, that is the perfect Batman. There you go. That's the stuff. Anyway, the reason I was asking is because, as you've correctly predicted, we are segueing into uh, the first story of the Dark Knight himself, the yes. world's greatest detective, our guy, Batman. Batman! 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 Hell yeah! And uh, I know you mentioned before this wouldn't be traumatic. That pretty much spells traumatic. <laughs> well, I it, mean, it might. Parents. It might. Well, um, we'll see. You know, we're, we're going to hop into this first story here and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Um, so here, here's the thing about this first Batman story. Uh, Detective Comics, number 27. Cool. Uh, it's pretty short, actually. How it's, short? It's like, uh, it's it's six pages long. So what? Yeah, yeah. That's not six a comic pages. book. That's a brochure. Well, that's the thing. Um, I I believe I mentioned on the uh, on the Action Comics episode that um, comics at this time a lot of them were anthology stories. Oh, and, that's um, right. Yeah. So this one, um, Detective Comics, was uh, was no exception. So, uh, the Batman story that appears in this is only six pages long, but, uh, there are other stories for, uh, other characters and, uh, other detectives. And, uh, there's a spy story in there, too, so there's a whole bunch of other stuff. But for today, we're only gonna focus on our guy Batman. So, Did they deserve um, more page time than Batman? I'm gonna argue no, and I don't even know who these people are. Well, to be fair, uh, I looked up their names, and I have no idea who any of those people are, so, ha! um... 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. So let's uh, let's hop into the history of uh, where we get our our Batman from for a little bit oh, here. Okay. So the year was uh, 1939, and um, Superman from Action Comics had become a runaway success for the publishers at National Comics Publications. And, and steel doors everywhere ran away in terror. Steel doors, governors, lobbyists, everyone's just running in terror. <laughs> <laughs> so that story is what uh, the parents of politicians tell their politician children before they go to sleep at night to scare them. Now don't pass any bills, Billy. Otherwise Superman will come and leave you on a rooftop to die. <laughs> Nobody ever told Ted Cruz. That's why he is the way he is. So... Since Superman had been such a runaway hit, um, the editors at National uh, came out and they said, Hey! Can we get more superheroes? Like, today? <laughs> and so, um, enter uh, Bob Kane, who was an artist at the company. He'd been mostly working on um, humor titles at that point. But he decides, oh Hey, I can maybe draw a superhero. Let me give it a try. So he sits you know, I've down. I've only done comedy up to this point, but you know what I really want to do? A man who dresses up as a bat and scares the living piss out of people. Well, just you wait, because um, so Bob Kane sits down and he draws up this character that he calls the Batman, and he wants to know uh, what his collaborators think of it. So he calls over uh, Bill Finger who is um, another uh, writer and artist at DC at the time. And so he calls over Bill Finger, and he's like, so he brought me over to his house, and he wanted me to see the drawing. So I went over to his house, and he drew this character who was wearing these red tights, I think. No boots, uh, no gloves, no gauntlets. He had a small domino mask. He was swinging on a rope, and he had these two big, stiff wings that were sticking out. They looked like bat wings. And underneath it, he wrote, <laughs> Batman. Um, that sounds like the miraculous ladybug. <laughs> it really kind of does, doesn't it? Miraculous! Why red? There is not a species of bat on the planet that is red. I know I'm going to get a million comments from zookeepers and biologists saying, actually, there's a species of bat in Madagascar that's red. I don't know about it, okay? Dude, why don't, why don't you just ask your fiancé and then we'll come back to this. I mean, that would be an amazing special guest on the show. If she wasn't at work right now, she'd come bursting through this door. There is actually a bat! I love you, Fans. baby. <laughs> Alright, so so Bill Finger takes a look at this uh, at this drawing and he says... Okay, uh, this is this is fine for you know your your first draft, but I uh, I have notes. So, um... question one: Why is he swinging on a rope if he's got wings? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Bob can't, or, or sorry, uh, Bill Finger um, suggests that he should give him a cowl instead of a mask, to make him okay. look, you know, more menacing. And he also said, um, give him a cape instead of those wings, because the wings, A, just look stupid, <laughs> and B, um, is he going to actually use them to fly, or are they just decorative? Because if he's actually gonna, you know, use it, maybe a cape would be more effective, and, like, visually striking. And then he was like, okay, also give him gloves, 
because <laughs> that way he's not going to be leaving fingerprints around on crime scenes. Also, not having the wings will make it much easier for him to get through doors. <laughs> That's true. But I'm just picturing Batman like, I am vengeance. I am the... Oh, shit! I, I, can, you, can you wait five minutes? Stop, criminal! Oh, god damn it. Uh, okay, if I angle them like this, if I fold one in and then step sideways, <laughs> damn it! Uh, I am the knight! So basically, um, Bob Kane took Bill Finger's notes and he uh, fixed the character into the more um, conventional image of the Batman that, uh, uh-huh. that we know and love today. And Bill Finger also said that uh, he devised the name of Bruce Wayne for his secret identity. Um, so, as, as Bill Finger tells it, he says that Bruce Wayne's first name came from Robert the Bruce, the Scottish Patriot, so they had fun oh, with that. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, and then- I didn't know um, that! Yeah, and then for his last name, they decided, well, he's probably old money, he's a man of the landed gentry, so we're gonna go with something, uh, colonial and, uh, like that. So, they were like, we tried Adams, we tried Hancock, and then eventually we came to Mad Anthony Wayne. So, um, <laughs> that's where we get, uh, that's where we get Bruce Wayne. Also, you really can't go with Adams, because then he's gonna have to drive everywhere in a coffin, he's gonna have to, you know, <laughs> live in a creepy mansion, which he does live in a creepy mansion, but... Well, he does, you know? He's gonna have to be creepy and or kooky. Mysterious and spooky. Altogether, Uki, the Bruce Wayne family. Da 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 da. Snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, and uh, also in in creating their concept. So Bob Kane uh, drew the initial um, concept for the character, but it was really Bill Finger's influence that helped him to you know refine it. And together, mm-hmm. the two chose um, other 1930s pop culture for this. Um, like, uh, the Phantom, for example, was another inspiration. He was a pulp character who... Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, so you can kind of see the, uh, the mysterious inspiration. But I can. Um, yeah, but, uh, they also drew upon, you know, those, uh... There's a very grand tradition of the aristocracy dressing up and going out with a secret identity with characters like the Scarlet Pimpernel and Zorro and all that kind of fun stuff. So they drew upon those as influences for uh, for Batman as well. That's awesome. I was actually going to say, when you said, like, the aristocracy dressing up, I was like, oh, like the Scarlet Pimpernel. Exactly, yes, yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah, so uh, they got together, and uh, they made this first story together. Uh, Bob Kane did the art, and uh, Bill Finger was the writer. But uh, there is a little bit of a snafu in terms of the uh, creation uh, credit, because, um, by the time that, uh, the story had come out, uh, Bob Kane had submitted his proposal to DC, and he had only put his name on it. So, Ooh, this was before, move, yeah, exactly, well, this was before Bill Finger's contributions had come in, so, um, uh, okay. basically, uh, they were putting Bob Kane's name on the byline, um, exclusively, and so Bill Finger's a little bit like, well, that sucks. Yeah. Um, like, you know, he's still doing the stories, but he's doing them as, as a ghostwriter, really. He's not exactly receiving the official credit that uh, that he deserves. And for years, years that's the case. Like, um, the he only started being credited as one of the co-creators of Batman, Bill Finger did, in, like, 2014. 
what the fuck? Exactly. Like, up until then, every Batman story, every Batman TV show, everything had Batman created by Bob Kane on it. Till 2014? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That might be the worst case of Zuckerberging I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> That's a good that way of putting it, actually. Sucks. That sucks. Yeah. That really sucks. I feel so bad for this guy. I know. Like, and and they would credit him for, like, other things. Like, they would say, um, like, there's a letters page uh, in Batman number 169 where uh, the editor of that uh, said, Oh, hey, give, give a hand to Bill Finger, the creator of the Riddler. And it's like, okay, okay, sure, sure. (laughs) What a grand contribution to the Batman universe. And I love the Riddler, but it's like, oh yeah, I also made, you know, Batman. Yeah, I, I, I may have, you know, if it weren't for me, we'd be seeing a guy swinging around in a red, in a pair of red underwear. So, you know. Do you like the miraculous ladybug? (laughs) Make it a dude. And give her wings. Miraculous! So, um, Bob Kane, for a while, um, you know, was like, no, I, um, I, I did it. Like, he wrote, he wrote it. (laughs) He wrote it while leaving Bill Finger out. But, um, in his, in his autobiography in 1989, he was like, yeah, Bill Finger did it. Bill Finger did it. (laughs) And, um, so everybody was kind of like, what the fuck, Bob Kane? Yeah, um, seriously. Oh, don't yeah. sound so sad about it. Yep, yep. So, yeah, so the, now the acknowledgement has been updated for new stories. So they're basically saying, created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. So there Good. we go. They, yeah, they're both getting the credit now. They so richly deserve. And so now that we know where this character and this comic came from, let's go ahead and hop into our first Batman story in Detective Comics number 27. Do let's. To start out with, we're going to take a look at the cover here. And this is another uh, iconic and classic cover that has been um, homaged and referenced time and time and time again. And uh, what okay. can, you, can you please describe to me, Phil, what, what you're seeing here as I'm showing you this cover? Okay, well, it looks like Batman swinging on a rope while he is choke-holding a gangster, while two other gangsters with the worst fashion sense I've ever seen <laughs> attempt to shoot at him. But I have two questions. Okay. Number one, what is he swinging from? Because they're clearly on the rooftops. What is his grapple attached to so he is swinging downwards onto them? Is he hooked onto a plane? I have to assume that he's, like, grappled onto a cloud or something at this point. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I know he gets the back plane, but I know that's not for a while yet, I think. No, you're and right. And number two, how do his wings function? They're, like, they're just two giant rectangular sheets of fabric. Like, they're not attached. They don't look aerodynamic at all. I mean, I think that looking a little closely at this, um, it, it, like, this cover is meant to imply that the cape is, like, a- attached to his wrists, too. And that just seems like, you know, some kind of a hassle, you know? Not only a hassle, it's not like aero it's not like aerodynamically sound. Like granted, I know they're not supposed to be wings, they're supposed to be his cape, but he should be able to glide with them. I would think so, yeah. It seems like if he jumped off a building with those, they would just fold upwards and he'd plummet to his death. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I, I guess that he uh, didn't really have a, a good consultant for this uh, for this first one. Alfred was not and looking at this. now you know why I need the rope. <laughs> Alfred did not take a look at this suit and go, Master Bruce, it's, it's good, Master Bruce, but I have notes. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred, we have been over this. I need to look intimidating, and in order to do so, I need giant pieces of rectangular fabric hanging off my arms. <laughs> and um, I, I know you mentioned the worst fashion sense on these gangsters. I can't believe that you don't like red plaid with a blue hat. This is not... I, I can't believe that you don't like that. Like, I enjoy the red plaid. That looks very comfortable, especially since it looks like it's a suit. Yeah, a I think that's what it's supposed suit? to be. But the sky blue hat just—it does not go with the outfit at all. Also, I feel so bad for the for the gangster that he is WWE choke slamming because <laughs> he appears to have lost his jaunty red hat. Yeah, it's it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> also, I'd like to point out that he's wearing like a, a green pinstripe suit with some sort of orange vest and a blue tie. So, like, we're we're just <laughs> looking at an all, all overall like clashing color scheme from every single one of these gangsters. It's incredible. I love the portrayal of gangsters in, like, the 30s and 40s in media because <laughs> they, they're they like circus clowns. They dress like... They dress like clowns, and they all talk like Eddie G. Robinson. Absolutely. We're gonna knock over this bank, see? <laughs> uh, one other thing I'd like to point out before we move on from the cover is we've got at the top 64 pages of action. And it's like, yes, this is true. How many of them feature that exciting Batman on the cover? Six? The one featured on the cover. <laughs> Six pages. Six pages, you say? Oh, all right then. Fine. I guess I'll buy your stupid detective comics for those six pages. 64 pages and only six of them are dedicated to Batman and he's still got front cover status? Yeah, you know. Like, I've looked at the cover of Detective Comics number 28 and he's not on it. Like, it does say, uh, more exciting adventures of the Batman... But he's not there, so... <laughs> that that feels like false advertising, quite honestly. They're doing okay with what they got in 1939, but, you know, it's it's it does feel a little, little jip-worthy, you know? I guess Vengeance and the Night hadn't quite caught on yet. Oh, not quite. Alright, so let's hop into the story. And so, um, at the top of this, we're looking at a silhouette of Batman standing on a building and spreading his, uh, his cape out in, you know, the traditional kind of Batman pose. And I'd, cool. like, to, I'd like to point out that, uh, for this first story, um, the Batman is never one word. It's always hyphenated. So, like, the Batman... I mean, that kind of makes sense. They're, oh, sure. like, as of right now, when just creating this concept, it's like, oh, no, he's a man who is also a bat. Yes. It's only later when he is fully established, like, like years and years down the line where it's like, oh, I'm fighting creatures from Mars, where it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, we're just going to call you Batman. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, And we get a nice caption here, which reads... The Batman, a mysterious and adventurous figure fighting for righteousness and apprehending the wrongdoer in his lone battle against the evil forces of society. His identity remains unknown. 
Today I'll be tracking down that scum lord that attacked a governor and ripped off his steel door. <laughs> I'm going to hop over to Action Comics for a few days. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> There's something going on there I really need to look into. <laughs> So, uh, we then cut to the home of Commissioner Gordon, who, at the moment, is, quote, entertaining his young socialite friend, Bruce Wayne. Oh, well, that character's not coming back. He sounds like a putz. I know, we'll never see that guy again. So they're both sitting in Gordon's parlor, and Bruce is smoking a pipe, and Gordon is actively lighting up a cigar, and, um, Bruce leans into him and he's like, well, Commissioner, is there anything exciting happening these days? And commis- <laughs> You're not going to believe this. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon goes, No. Oh, except this fellow they call the Batman puzzles me. <laughs> Who is oh, that guy? Is, is that all it does? It puzzles you? <laughs> is there anything interesting going on in Gotham? Nah, not really. But you know, now that you mention it... Uh, we found these, uh, six gangsters who were beaten to within an inch of their lives in an alley, and they said that it was a guy in a, in gray tights and a black cape. Do you know anything about that, Bruce? I haven't heard about that. Anyway, the stock market today... <laughs> Exactly. So as they're, you know, hopping into this discussion, um, the phone rings, and Commissioner Gordon picks it up, and um, he's he gets um, information that Lambert, the chemical king, has been stabbed to death, and his son's fingerprints oh, are all over the knife. And so he's like, I'll be right over! And he gets up, and he's like, oh man, talk about something exciting! Old Lambert has been murdered in his mansion! <laughs> Talk about something exciting! You just talked about a man in a bat costume attacking <laughs> criminals! That's not exciting to you? No, no, not as exciting as this rich dude being stabbed by his son, maybe. You know what? With the amount of weird shit that happens in Gotham, I fully believe that he's like, ah, it's just a dude dressed as a bat. It's nothing compared to the crazy clown man that spray-painted a giant <laughs> smile on City Hall, or the question mark dude that murdered 40 people and then dropped a riddle off for the police to decipher. No, this is fine. This is nothing. This is Tuesday. So so then he's like, so I'm going to the murder scene. Uh, would you like to come along, Bruce? Why? He's not a cop. He's just your friend. That's the equivalent of two kids going, hey, do you want to see a dead body? Exactly. Commissioner Gordon leans over to Bruce Wayne and he's just like, hey, do you want to check out the horrible murder scene that I'm about to go to? It'll be really exciting. And And it was at that point Bruce went, I might need new friends. (laughs) Well, his very telling response is, oh, well, nothing else to do. Might as well. (laughs) How boring is your life, or rather, how crazy is your life, that as a billionaire playboy philanthropist, shout out to Tony Stark, the most exciting thing you could think to do is see this guy who got stabbed to death. Yeah, really? Like, Bruce, is is this a Tuesday for you? What, What is going on here? I just got done banging eight supermodels and meeting Regis Philbin. I guess I'll go see a murder to bring some spice into my life. Thanks, Commissioner Gordon, for providing that for me. Oh, man, this is the (laughs) shit I get off on. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of him, like, gritting his teeth and just like... Like, come on, Bruce, we're gonna go check out this dead body. Fuck yeah, we're gonna check out a fucking dead body. God damn it, yeah. 
This is what I'm talking about. I'm already at a half chub right now just thinking about it, Commissioner. <laughs> Where do you get stabbed? Tell me about it. Tell me slow. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, so Gordon drives him and Bruce over to the murder scene and um, they, uh, they check out the body and um, I'd like to point out that Bruce is still smoking his pipe while they're doing all this. So I, That's going to interfere with the crime scene. I, I can only imagine that Bruce is getting, like, pipe ashes just all over the murder scene here. And it's just a Gotham cop that looks up and Dude! Dude! Step the fuck back! Oh, I'm sorry. Do you not know who I am? I'm billionaire socialite Bruce Wayne, and I was personally invited by Commissioner Gordon. Yes, I do know who you are, and I know you're not a cop. Get the fuck away from our crime scene. <laughs> Did I mention I was personally invited by Commissioner Gordon? Yes, you did. Doesn't make you a cop. <laughs> um, so while this is all going on, um, Commissioner Gordon goes to talk to the son, who, you know, they say has stabbed his father. And the son uh-huh. is vehement about the fact that he didn't do it. So they ask for his testimony, and um, he testifies that um, he came home early, and he, as he was passing the library, he heard a groan, and he rushed in, and there was his father lying on the floor with a knife in his back. Ah, uh, Dad. He was always clumsy when buttering his bagels. <laughs> in the back? Wow. That's like a... <laughs> he was also a contortionist in addition to being a chemical magnate. It was his one true love in life. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like a Tom and Jerry sketch where, like, he's buttering the bagel, and then he, he drops the rolling pin, and he steps on the rolling pin and, like, slides across <laughs> the floor, crashes into the bookshelf, the bookshelf falls on top of him, and as he as he gets back up, he, like, crashes into a window, and just this big, long Rube Goldberg machine of events, <laughs> so the knife winds up in his back. <laughs> so, so his testimony continues, and um, he is like... As I rushed in, I got the impression of something leaping out the window, and I also noticed that Father's safe was open. And I also found this dead guy splattered three floors down outside because <laughs> he jumped out the window. I heard this screaming from the window. <laughs> I saw a silhouette flash past the second story window on the way down. And the maid heard something go, what? <laughs> Yikes! So he goes he goes in um and he pulls the knife out of his father's body which is why his fingerprints are on the knife. And oh, his father's it. last words were contract contract. Oh. And then he passes away. I never understood why my father named me contract. <laughs> contract Lambert, that's me. And Commissioner Gordon then asks if his father had any enemies or people who had any interest in his business activities. To which the son replies... Oh, gee, he's only the chemical king. Nobody's interested in that. <laughs> no, not Apparently at all. Apparently it's the only interesting thing happening in Gotham. <laughs> uh, so the son replies, Well, except his three former business partners. Let's see, they were <laughs> Stephen Crane, Paul Rogers, and Alfred Stryker. I really thought you were going to say something like, except for his three partners, Stabby, Killy, and Murdery. <laughs> they, they were very interested in my father's business practices for some reason. For some reason. <laughs> but so... Uh, Murdery has a lot of knives. You'd think it'd be Stabby, but you'd be surprised. <laughs> 
So the, at that moment, uh, there's a phone call, and one of the other cops on the scene says that uh, there's a man named Steve Crane who wants to speak to old Lambert. And then when I told him old Lambert was murdered, he got very excited and he wanted to speak to you, Commissioner. <laughs> Holy fuck, Lambert's Lambert finally dead! <laughs> old Lambert has been murdered. Yippee! <laughs> and um, so the Commissioner answers the phone. And what what's very weird about this panel is, um, if, if you notice, where the commissioner is speaking on the phone, um, there is a thought bubble coming out of the phone. So when I first read this comic, I thought that this was what <laughs> Commissioner Gordon was thinking as he answered this fucking phone. And he's just like, Yesterday, Mr. Lambert called and told me he received an anonymous threat on his life. Today, I received the same, and that's why I called up. And then at that point, I was like, oh, it's the phone. Okay, I was like, oh my god, See, someone's threatening to kill Commissioner Gordon to- Oh, it's whoever's on the other end of the phone. <laughs> <laughs> See, my brain went to, it's the thought bubble of the guy on the other end of the phone, and he's just thinking all the stuff he should be saying, and Gordon's on the phone going, Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? I am very busy! <laughs> So, yes, um, Steve Crane also received an anonymous threat on his life. And he's afraid that he'll be murdered next. And so, uh, Commissioner Gordon gives him the advice not to let anybody in, and they'll be over as soon as they can. And he turns over to Bruce, and he's like, Hey, uh, what, what you doing? And we see that Bruce is actively emptying his pipe onto the floor! <laughs> and I'm just... Bruce! <laughs> Bruce! I know you're trying not to be Batman right now. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oh, yeah. But the f you can't cover for the fact that you're the world's greatest detective by acting like a terrible detective. That's not how that works. <laughs> and uh, as he is emptying his pipe ashes directly onto the crime scene floor, he says, Ho-hum, I'll leave you here to finish your work. I'm going home. <laughs> What a douchebag! Also, ho-hum, there is a dead man on the floor. On his way out, he picked up old Lambert and weekend at Bernie's Tim out the front door. And Commissioner Gordon is over here like, Man, I should never ask this guy to a crime scene ever again. You fucking think? You're the commissioner! Why would you make that call? <laughs> I'll never ask this guy to a crime scene ever again. I mean, he doesn't actually say that, of course, but, you know, I'm sure that's what he's thinking. Oh, yeah. He should have thought it sooner. <laughs> that's the thought bubble that should have been coming out of the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, at that moment, um, Stephen Crane, who I am guessing turned to chemicals after sales of the Red Badge of Courage started to go down... Um, ha. yeah, so, uh, at we're that... learned here at This Is Getting Graphic. Aha! Uh -huh. So, at that moment, um, he is being murdered in his mansion <laughs> by a man. <laughs> but... I'm sorry, dear, I can't come to dinner. I am too busy being murdered. I'm actively being murdered right now. So, um, yeah, it, there's this mysterious shadowy dude wearing this yellow suit who shoots Stephen Crane and um goes to his uh goes to his safe pulls a paper out of it and then climbs out the window and he starts climbing up to and the fell another four stories <laughs> oh no he's climbing a rope up to the roof where there's this other guy up there who's just like hey did you get the paper and he's like yeah 
And then they're looking over the paper, <laughs> and suddenly they turn around, and who should be behind them but the Batman? The Batman who looks like he ran into some drapes on the way here. <laughs> I know, right? Like, it, it, it's it's... The cape is really just hanging over him. Like, there's nothing useful or active about it. In fact, that looks like more of a hindrance to his crime fighting than an actual useful thing. It kind of looks like, you know, when, like, a like a legendary boxer comes into the ring and they've got, like, the robe and hood up, but it's just kind of draped over their shoulders so they can shrug it off. That's kind of what this looks like. It doesn't look like... It is set up to fly. And in this corner, standing at six foot two and wearing purple gloves for some reason, the Batman! Why purple gloves? I have no idea why they're purple, but this is one of my favorite things about the early coloring, is that they just decided that, you know, with his black and gray color scheme... Yeah, purple gloves. Purple gloves. I just like to imagine he he was late to catching these criminals, and he's like, oh, fuck, I need my gloves. Uh, um, uh, duh, fuck it. And he just grabs, like, the first pair of gloves he finds and then doesn't realize until he's, like, driving in the Batmobile that's like, ah, oh, damn it, these aren't black. <laughs> so, um, Batman uh, launches at these criminals. He punches the one guy out, and then he picks up the other guy and, like, throws him over his shoulder off the roof. See, I can believe this from Batman. When this was happening in the Superman comic, I was like, this is horrifying. Mm -hmm. Now that it's happening here, I'm like, ah, it's just fucking Batman. It's this is what he does. It's Tuesday for Batman. <laughs> it's Tuesday for Gotham, apparently. This is average goings-on. Yeah. So, uh, as he's uh, throwing the dude off the roof, um, he snags the paper out of his hand that he stole from uh, Stephen Crane's safe. And just at that moment, as Batman is um, leaping off the roof, um, Commissioner Gordon pulls up in his car, and he sees Batman going off the roof, and he's like, Oh, it's the Batman! Get him! And, um... <laughs> I don't think he's the murderer, I just want his autograph! <laughs> well, they do start shooting at him, like the other, the other cops who are here. But, um... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, you know, they're missing, and, uh, Bat... Batman... <laughs> They're missing entirely, and Batman just I leaps love this, off the but, roof. but you know, they're missing. <laughs> and so, um, they go into the, uh, into the murdered man's house, and the butler comes out, and he's like, Oh no, Mr. Crane has been murdered, sir! It's horrible! Did the butler do it? <laughs> no, the guy who did it is, um, splattered on the sidewalk outside of the house, remember? <laughs> That's right. I really should learn what floor I'm on. <laughs> so upon hearing this, Commissioner Gordon is just like, huh, that's two dead partners out of the four that have received the threatening notes. Let's go to Rogers next. And it's like, um, okay. Okay. Uh, so if there's, if you know that there are two people who are potentially going to be murdered, why aren't you sending officers to both the locations instead of just... That's a very good point. It's like, you know, I always like Rogers more than that striker fellow. Fuck him, am I right? That's like that scene in The Dark Knight where the Joker says, Oh, by the way, I've kidnapped um, Harvey Dent and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And they're in two different locations. They're both strapped to explosives. You have to decide which one you're going to go and save. And it's like Batman goes to one 
and all of the cops in Gotham go to the other one. <laughs> Why didn't they just send cops to both? He I... gave he gave both addresses. Well, uh, from from what we're seeing here, apparently that's been a problem with Batman stories since the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's comic accurate. Okay, thank you, Chris Nolan. There we go, then. And so, um, Batman, um, looks at the paper that he snagged, and he's sitting in his, uh, his car, not his Batmobile, and I, I am going to show you a photo of what Bruce Wayne is driving around here, and, uh, that's, um, that's what we got going. Please describe this for our listeners, if you would. It looks like if Daredevil from Marvel Comics transformed into a car. <laughs> It is a bright red sedan, I think? <laughs> kind of looks like it, yeah. Like, okay. I un- I can understand if the Batmobile hasn't been invented yet. Mm-hmm. I get that. But I have to assume this is not the car that Bruce Wayne regularly drives. I, I would have because to Because if I it is, hope not. that is a terrible breach of its secret identity. Yeah, especially if, like, they see Batman get out of this car, run, take a look at the license plate, and they're like... Oh my god, that, what is Batman doing in Bruce Wayne's car? <laughs> I, can I just say briefly, I love the phrase, they see Batman get out of the car. <laughs> like, he, he gets out of a car, he has to pay the parking meter, and now he can chase down these criminals. Exactly. <laughs> but so that that's what that's what Batman's driving around at this point. Why wouldn't they make the car black? Like, he can drive a regular car, but why isn't it black? He wants them to see him coming. Okay, you know what? I will actually buy that. That <laughs> He wants to strike fear into the hearts of the criminals of Gotham. What can strike fear into them more than a devil red sedan? <laughs> with a man with a bat mask sitting in the front seat. Which, if they don't get a good look at him, it would really look like the devil is driving the car. <laughs> so I kind of get it. There you go. So, um, Rogers, who, if you remember, that's who Commissioner Gordon was going to see next... Um, he's, uh-huh. he's left his house because he's learned of Lambert's death via news broadcast and has gone to the laboratory of their old partner, uh, Alfred Stryker. So, uh, the door is answered by his assistant, a, uh, fairly large man by the name of Jennings, and, um, he asks to see Stryker quickly, and as soon as Rogers comes in the door, um, Jennings strikes him down... With what I have to assume is a shoehorn based on this panel? Um, <laughs> no, the panel says exactly what it is. It's a sock. <laughs> so he knocks a man out with a sock. and um, It's like, it's such a tiny implement. I just imagine Jennings going, yeah. And like very lightly tapping him on the back of the head. And he just crumples like a, like a house of cards. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, um, Jennings, uh, carries Rogers down to the basement of his laboratory, and he's tying him up, and as he's doing so, he's laughing, Hey, one more out of the way. Soon I'll control everything. It's at that point that Rogers wakes up and looks at Stryker and goes, Oh, thank God you've secured me so the killer can't take me away. Listen, Stryker, someone is coming to kill us. <laughs> oh, no, this is Jennings who's doing this. We haven't even seen Stryker at this point, so... um. Uh, oh, the butler did do it! Well, strap... It was just strap, a different butler! Strap in. 
because this is going to get weird real quick. Um, oh, no. So so he's tying up Jennings, and um, he's lowering this, like, glass dome over him as he's finished tying him up, and he's just like, this is the gas chamber I used to kill guinea pigs to experiment with, but now you are my guinea pig. <laughs> when this glass lid covers you entirely, gas will come through the jet and kill you. <laughs> just shoot him. <laughs> Why didn't you just shoot him? Also, you have a glass container in this house that you just <laughs> used to kill guinea pigs? Yeah, that's a little fucked up, right? Villain. This might be the worst Batman villain ever. <laughs> the Joker would look at that and go, you're a monster. There's nothing funny about this. This is just cruel, you son of a bitch. <laughs> There's no punchline. Look how adorable they are. They squeak. <laughs> So, um, Jennings is, uh, about to turn on the gas as he's, uh, starting to lower this, uh, over Rogers. And that's the moment when the Batman leaps into the room via what they refer to as an open transom. Which leads me to question, why is there an open skylight in this laboratory? <laughs> why is this a it's thing? It's to let the gas out. <laughs> Somebody's looking over at Stryker's house and just being like, Oh, man, he's killing those guinea pigs again. You can see the gas just coming out. <laughs> no, those poor guinea pigs. Oh, man, I, I've grown to hate Wednesdays. You know, you know, <laughs> if you're going to commit a crime of this magnitude, it's a good thing to not have any evidence to trace it back to you. When they find this body and go, huh, this was killed by striker guinea pig gas, <laughs> that's going to be a huge piece of evidence to lead the murder back to you. It really is. Um, so, so Batman, um, as the glass dome is lowering over Rogers, uh, he grabs a wrench, uh, leaps into the glass dome just as it, like, closes, um, over Rogers, and he plugs up the gas jet with, quote, a handkerchief... And then... <laughs> I love that he grabbed a wrench. Like, he doesn't have his utility belt or any of his cool gadgets. <laughs> He's just like, oh, fuck, I need to stop this. Uh, there's a wrench. I got this. I'm on top of this. I am the knight! And he leaps in. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Kleenex will save us. <laughs> so, having plugged up the gas jet with his handkerchief, he smashes the glass dome with the wrench that he brought in, and uh, he gets them out, and um, Jennings, who I have to assume has heard the sound, um, comes up, and he looks over, and he's like, What the? And he sees this man standing here with this wrench in this very strange caped pose. I was going to say, why are you shocked by this, Jennings? Clearly this is average goings-on in Gotham. <laughs> Nothing exciting ever happens here, per Bruce Wayne. <laughs> per Bruce Wayne. Ah, oh, another bat guy got in. Shoo, shoo, and he just pulls out a broom. <laughs> so um, Jennings pulls out a gun to shoot at, uh, at Batman, and Batman greets him with a flying tackle per the caption here. 
Which, um, cool. I, I'd like to point out that the angle at which Bruce is going at him here, um, he looks to be going for his crotch. I, I don't, um... That shoulder check definitely hit balls. I <laughs> I feel a little bad for Jennings at this point, because that looks real painful. All right. So, um, he, he gets Jennings down to the ground and punches him out. And at this point, um, Stryker enters the laboratory... And he looks over and he's like, Rogers, what happened? And Rogers is like, your assistant Jennings tried to kill me. After which point, um, Stryker is like, so he didn't get you after all. Well, I'll finish you and I'll throw your body into the acid tank below. And then Batman goes, hi, I'm Batman. I stop criminals. You should probably stop talking now. Exactly. Like Batman leaps out from the corner and he grabs Stryker's hand and gets the knife out of it. And so he, he's got Rogers by the throat pretty much at this point. Or I'm sorry, uh, Stryker, not Rogers. Rogers is fine. Um, Ro- yeah, he's out of the guinea pig gas chamber. Which, <laughs> side note, when Stryker came into the room... Before you read that line that he it was actually the bad guy, I could only assume he was like, Jennings, what the fuck is this? You have a guinea pig torture chamber in the basement of my house? Why? why what's with all these guinea pig bodies? This is fucked up, Jennings. Uh, plot twist, it was my guinea pig torture chamber. I'm the one who likes to murder small furry animals. i run a chemical plant so um rogers is like why did he try to kill me to which batman replies you see i learned that you lambert crane and striker were once partners in the apex chemical corporation and striker who wished to be sole owner but having no ready cash made secret contacts with you to pay a certain sum of money each year until he owned the business He figured by killing you and stealing the contracts, he wouldn't have to pay this money. I mean, he's rich. Just pay the money. Well, it says he has no ready cash, whatever that means. Go to the ATM, fucker! (laughs) Don't start murdering people! (laughs) Oh man, I I don't have time to hit the bank today. Well, guess it's time to start killing... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like cr- like Crumbopulous Michael from fucking Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh boy, here I go killing again. And so Rogers is like, huh, well that's a very clever scheme. But how did you know about all this? Is it a clever scheme? I don't think it is. No, no, it, it really isn't. But he's very impressed by it. And uh, he asked Batman where he learns about it. And Batman's like, I secured this contract from one of his hired killers. At which point, um, Stryker, uh, shoves Batman away from him and pulls out a gun from his, uh, jacket pocket. Uh, Batman responds by punching Stryker square in the face and... Good move. ...causing him to fall through the railing of his laboratory, to which Rogers yells out, He's falling right into the acid tank! And... Oh, fuck! In the next panel, we see a sploosh. And Batman responds, A fitting ending for his kind. Did Batman just kill a guy? He sure did. He just murdered a man. Batman punched a guy into a vat of acid. 
Is this the creation of the Joker? You want to know something amazing, actually. So they've done, um, you know, modern updates on this story as it being one of Batman's first cases. And one of those updates does imply that Stryker may actually be the Joker based on um, how this story wound up. It means that Alan Moore hit it right on the money, man. <laughs> Except there's no Red Hood, there's no pregnant wife, there's no mob hit. Nope, there's just a guinea pig. Oh, no. <laughs> a fitting end for his kind. That's so fucked up. And everyone's like, Batman, why would you do that to somebody? I didn't shoot him. So I'm still in the clear. I guess? <laughs> my parents didn't die by vat of acid now did they <laughs> so rogers turns around to uh say how can i ever thank you uh, why he's gone he's also a horrific murderer uh, but it, i mean the thing about it is like he's saying this while you can clearly see <laughs> batman standing there in the open skylight just like where did that mysterious man go? Oh, there he is. Never mind. <laughs> He's clearly looking at the skylight. I know. He's not looking around on the ground level. <laughs> He's, he can see him. Ba Batman hadn't quite um, figured out the disappearing thing yet. So he was halfway there, but not quite. I love the idea of this guy turning going, What? Where did he go? And looking up and Batman's like on the edge of the skylight and Batman just goes, Whoops, and then just <laughs> gently, like, scooches out of range of sight. Uh, so, I guess he had to figure it out eventually, right? So yeah, Practice makes perfect. <laughs> so the next day, um, Commissioner Gordon um, again invites Bruce Wayne over to his house, and he tells him the whole story about how the Batman solved the case. And then he was like, um, And then Rogers said the Batman went right through the skylight. To which Bruce responds, hmm, a very lovely fairy tale, Commissioner, indeed. And I'm like, what? Hey. Anyway, there's a brutal triple rape downtown. Wanna check it out? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Stop inviting Bruce to crime scenes. Please. But so then Bruce leaves and uh, Commissioner Gordon is musing to himself. Boy, that Bruce Wayne is a nice young chap, but he certainly must lead a boring life. He seems disinterested in everything. <laughs> he sure is a nice chap. I just wish he'd stop fucking up my crime scenes. <laughs> yeah, I... Like he shows up at another murder, they open a door, and Bruce Wayne is just drawing on the walls in, in marker. Just, oh, hi there, Commissioner. <laughs> Thought the place could use some sprucing Damn up. Damn it, Bruce! Dead bodies. Damn it, Bruce Wayne! You're ruining everything! You're the reason why no well... crimes are getting solved in Gotham City! <laughs> well, time to go. <laughs> And he speeds away in his devil red sedan. That's weird. That's the same car that the Batman drives. <laughs> I bet Batman doesn't ruin crime scenes. I love that guy. Love me some Batman. <laughs> okay, but so anyway, um, then it says that Bruce Wayne returns home to his room. And a little later, the door slowly opens to reveal the Batman. 
Holy shit, he killed Bruce Wayne! <laughs> killed Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you look closely in the back of this panel, you'll see a body sprawled on the ground. <laughs> I finally stopped him from interfering with crime scenes. <laughs> Clearly he was a criminal. No, no, it, it does say, if the commissioner could see his young friend now, he'd be amazed to learn that he is the Batman! What? Spoiler alert, dude. Oh, I know. Like, they spoil the... Like, the beginning of the story was like, his identity is unknown. And by the end of it, they're like, well, we knew it. We're the narrators. We knew everything. I thought it was Jennings. <laughs> he beat up himself? That's incredible. Yeah. That's how he throws people off his trail. It was that... That Batman was a bunch of guinea pigs in a bat suit. <laughs> He showed remarkable restraint by not murdering them. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm a guinea pig murderer. Little do they know they are my second Batman. <laughs> Alright, so there we are. That's that's the first ever Batman story. You know what? It wasn't bad. I, I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah. That that had all of the makings of a classic Batman story. It was ridiculous, but <laughs> it was fun. Well, I mean, a lot of that is because, you know, uh, this was the 1930s, and things were a little sillier back in the 1930s. That is true. They did get one thing right. They got something very right with this story, which is a gripe I have about a lot of modern Batman tellings. Mm -hmm. In that, you said it yourself way earlier on in this episode, Batman is meant to be the world's greatest detective. Yes, it's fun when Batman swoops in and beats up the bad guys. But when that is all that Batman does, he's not a crime fighter. He is a psychopath. Exactly. Like, he, he solved this crime by finding the evidence and by following the trail to the actual, you know, ringleader behind all this. So this was Batman being a detective. Exactly. A good Batman story is meant to be a mystery story. He's supposed mm -hmm. to get a hold of the evidence figure out what's going on, and then he goes, oh my god, this was done by the Joker, or this was done by Catwoman. And then you he has the big, cool showdown with the bad guys, but you gotta have the neat mystery aspect of it first. Exactly. that You're right. That is an aspect that isn't as explored in a lot of Batman stories, and it's really nice to see that here at the beginning with that, you know, the very foundational story. So uh, let's let's hop into our traditional wrap up here, uh, okay. and I'd like to ask the question: um, What was the wildest or wackiest situation in this story, and what was the wildest and wackiest character? The wildest and wackiest situation was Batman punching a dude into a vat of acid. <laughs> that was messed up. Like I get that, like that's how the Joker is supposed to canonically have been created. But we didn't know that. He actively punched <laughs> this guy into a vat of burning chemicals. Yes, he did. He, he actively murdered a man per this first story. That, to me, is the wildest moment. The wildest character I have to go with is gotta be Jennings. Although Stryker <laughs> is a close second. <laughs> Jennings with his guinea pig murder machine. <laughs> 
You know what? Um, I was gonna go with Jennings just straight up saying that he murders guinea pigs as being my most wild situation. Uh-huh. Because, like, just picturing that is just, oh my god, you are disgust me, Jennings. I'm so glad that Bruce's shoulder checked you in the crotch. Um, seriously! And- <laughs> he says, this is where I... He didn't say specifically, this is where I perform experiments on guinea pigs. He said, if I'm quoting correctly, this is where I murder guinea pigs during experimentation. Yeah, he said, I kill guinea pigs to experiment with, specifically. Like, I flipped back a couple pages. What a monster. I wish he'd have gotten kicked into a Mm -hmm. vat of acid. Yeah, really. But no, Jennings made it out of this. Presumably. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We we never really see Jennings again, so I don't know if he... Somebody should bring back Jennings as one of those, like, psychopathic super criminals in uh, in the Batman universe. I would pay to see that. We found a murder victim in the basement of this old warehouse, but it's the damnedest thing. Before they died, their face was painted to look like a guinea pig. My god, it couldn't be. But, uh, anyway, wildest character for me, is Bruce Wayne. Very specifically, (laughs) um, the Bruce Wayne who's going around to these crime scenes and actively just disrupting them because the commissioner said it was okay. (laughs) Because... That was a runner-up for my craziest moment, was Commissioner Gordon going, hey, some rich fucker got stabbed, you want to check it out? (laughs) But no, I I actively, I, I love the moment where he actively pours out his pipe ashes onto the crime scene, because I'm just sitting here thinking, Okay, listen, Bruce, I get it. You're trying to cover up your secret identity, but at the same time, if this is going to affect your own investigation as Batman, what the fuck are you doing? No one's gonna solve this crime but me. All right, I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up for today. So um, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of This Is Getting Graphic. Uh, If you like what you heard today, uh, it would be great if you could uh, recommend us to a friend or a loved one or anybody who you think would enjoy this podcast. And uh, it would also help us out if you could leave us a rating or review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. That's a great way for uh, people who may not have heard about the show to uh, find us. And they can also find us on social media. Uh, We are on Facebook at This Is Getting Graphic and on Twitter at This Graphic Pod. And if you're one of those youngins with your skateboards and your hippity hop music, (laughs) you can also find us over on the TikToks at This Is Getting Graphic. Uh, or if you'd prefer to get in touch with us yourselves, you can shoot us an email over to thisisgettinggraphic at gmail.com. A fair warning regarding that, we will only be accepting criticism that calls us the perfect comedians of our generation. <laughs> We'd also like to give a special shout out to Alex Hanbury, who is responsible for the logo and the art for this podcast. And um, you can find her work on Twitter over at, uh, at Kona Okami. That's K-O-N. N-A-O-O-K-A-M-I. Another great shout-out we'd like to give is to the creator of our opening theme, which is the Super Guy theme by the ever-talented Mozart Mouse. Uh, if you like what you've heard with their music, you can find them over on the website Pond5, which is a really great site for downloadable, royalty-free music. Uh, check them out and give them some support. And that'll about do us for today, and uh, I thank you once again for listening, and I hope we see you again next time. And a PSA to all of our listeners, please, 
please, if you unless you are qualified, stay away from crime scenes. <laughs> and guinea pigs. And guinea pigs. <laughs> Alright, good night everybody. Good night, folks. Well, he was a scientist. Maybe he knew more about acid. Maybe it's like the most painless way to go.